Hello, I'm Pastor Rick, and welcome to our podcast. I hope that the message that you're about to hear will bless and encourage you today. All right. Well, welcome, everybody. Um, Since Pastor Rick is not here, he asked me to do the honor of preaching the message today. So I reluctantly, no, I was excited. I said, yes, I will. Uh, I'm super excited to do that. So does anybody feel like a mess this morning? Anybody feel like getting ready to come to church today, getting up was a little bit of a drag, getting the kids ready for church, getting them to actually put on shoes and then them throwing their shoes off and then going to the bathroom. It felt like a mess. It felt like a mess. This past weekend, literally yesterday, uh, I just took the students on a retreat and it was over about an hour in, it was in Milan, Indiana. So it was about an hour east of here. And we, 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 it was a lock-in type event. So that means we had to sleep on places in, in, on the floor. And it was, it was, it was a good weekend. There was, there was a lot of worship and a, a great speaker. And it was a really, really good time. But there was not much sleeping involved. Um, I was trying to sleep, and I was, I was trying to get there, but the students were just wired. I think Leighton drank about 10 Coca-Colas that night. I came up the, the next morning and was like, why are there so many Coca-Colas? And Caden brought his VR headset thing and, and was setting it up and, and punching the wall. And I, I went out in the lobby and sat on the couch. And I remember the other youth pastor who was there, he's, he's some kind of superhuman, Matt Furnish, if you know him. He's some kind of superhuman. He walks in the room at like 3 a.m. and is like, Oh, are you guys going to bed? And I'm like, get out. Like, I'm trying to go to sleep. I don't know, I don't know how he did it. I, I, w- I was done. I went out in the lobby, slept on the couch for four hours. Thank goodness yesterday I got a little bit more sleep. There are youth events that we do. And one youth event that we did uh, about a month ago was this night called Messy Games. Messy games. And basically what it was is a night of activities where we did all kinds of things and got really, really dirty. We played wiffle ball with this uh, wiffle ball filled with shaving cream and we hit it and we, we did these slip and slide, had these tarps with soapy water and the kids slipped and slide, slid into them. Instead of the bases, they were pools, little kiddie pools filled with pancake mix and gravy. And my, my, my students' favorites was uh, instant mashed potatoes in, in the last one. And it, it was actually kind of a fun time. We, we played um, water balloon toss, but instead of with water balloons, we actually had cubes of spam that we tossed to each other. In fact, I, I kind of had fun with that because I smashed them in my hands and I just tossed them into the lob of kids, put shaving cream on their heads. They, they put cheese balls. It was crazy. Actually, I've got some pictures here of how dirty we got. I love this kid right here on the far right. He's just covered in shaving cream. Um, some people, some leaders sat on the ledges and they had this ice cream drop. And so the kids put on like safety goggles and they dumped ice cream and chocolate syrup because they didn't want to get ice cream syrup in the kids' eyeballs. So they did ice cream drops. And yeah, and there's, an, there's another one here of them getting ice cream. It was, it was gross. It was dirty. Um, and of course, as a youth pastor... I was bound to get dirty as well, so the students decided to get handfuls of the instant mashed potatoes and do this. This is what they... Ah! Boom. 
right on my face. I, I just, I, I just put my glasses up because I could not see the rest of the time, but it was fun. I, I got plenty of students. We had a paint war. We, we did all kinds of things with that. It was called Messy Games. But after I was done, all I wanted to do was take a shower, get clean, get out of there, go home, just change my clothes, get all of it, all of the gunk. I still had instant potatoes in my hair for a couple days later, but... God is good. I'm clean now. Um, Sometimes our life is a mess. In fact, that is the title of my sermon today. Life is a mess. Dirty. Some people believe that I don't like the outdoors. That's not true. I like the outdoors. It's a good time. I just don't like to sleep on a ground where there's a stick poking in my back, and I don't like to go to a shower that... Other people have been, I like to go home, sleep in my own bed where it's clean and take a shower in my own shower. And that is nice. But I mean, trees are cool. It's pretty. The view is great. So maybe I don't like outdoors. I don't know. In our lives, we tend to get messy. We have our kids. They they end up um, messing uh, in a public place, in, in Walmart, you're shopping and, and something happens and a mess is happening. There's a leak in your roof and you don't want to pay for someone to come fix it. So you crawl into your attic trying to fix your roof. So, something happens in, in line for a ride at the theme park. You think you can hold it, but then you can't and then something happens. Life is dirty and whether you like it or not, you will be dirty. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, It says that God formed us out of the dust of the earth. So basically that means as soon as God made us, we were dirt. We were literally dirty. There are times when we we get home, come home from mowing the lawn and someone wants to say hi, but you you don't want to greet them because you're sweaty or or. The amp in the youth room breaks and, and, you, and you, you climb behind it where it's notorious for having um, rat pieces somewhere back there. And, and, and in other times, your life is dirty in ways that you, you have this habit in your life that, that you can't seem to get rid of and you don't, don't want to tell anybody. Or, or something's going on in, with your family and, and there's arguments happening and, and there's, there's things brushed under the rug. And if other people know the situation that you're going through, what are they going to think? Life is dirty. We end up having these thoughts in our brain, these, these, these things that are said about us, things that we think that people are constantly thinking about us, and it seems a mess. Life is messy. God actually talks about another kind of dirty, and it is in Matthew chapter 23. So if you guys could turn there. Jesus as he was doing his ministry, he, he had his disciples. He was going and relating with all kinds of people. He was, he was going and speaking um, to merchants, to fishermen, to, to tax collectors, to shepherds, even, even sick people, prostitutes, all kinds of people. Uh, those who were in obvious sin, drunkards, prostitutes, lepers. And there's a group of people that did not like what he was doing. They were the Pharisees. They called him Jesus, friend of sinners. He was the one to their eyes. He was the one who was always stirring the pot. You ever have someone in your life that just, that you know that like, okay, if you say this thing, it's going to make someone on edge. It's, it's, it's going to cause some tension. There's that person that's like, oh, no matter what, 
they're going to say that. For me, it's my, my older brother, Bart. He would always tend to kind of stir the pot and get my older brother, Alex, angry or, or say something. And I'm like, no, this is not good. Don't stir the pot. Jesus was a pot stirrer. He loved everyone. But the group of people that always got under his skin were the Pharisees. He didn't like them because they were so busy pointing out the flaws of others that they forgot to look at their own hearts. He didn't like them because they were forcing this law. They were saying, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this with your life, pointing at so many people, saying that they are so great that everybody saw that getting to God just seemed so unachievable. I can't live a life like that. My, my life is too crazy. I, I don't know if I can have that relationship with God. And Jesus did not like it. He actually goes into Matthew chapter 23. He gives them seven woes, says, woe to you, Pharisees. And I recommend everybody read the seven woes because there is a huge reflection, not just on, on Pharisees, but how the church acts today can easily, easily be the way that the Pharisees have acted. So in Matthew chapter 23, verse 25 through 26, Jesus gives one of the woes. He says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. Jesus was calling them out. He saw that they, were, they had a checklist of things that they needed to do. They, they needed to make sure they, they had the right robes, the right things, the right scripts, the, everything memorized in a certain way. They needed, they needed to, to, to perform a certain way. When they get in this situation, they needed to stand here, do this thing, and their hearts were wrong. The reason why their hearts were wrong was because they were so busy trying to receive the acclamation of the people around them that they forgot to actually follow God with their lives, follow God with their hearts, and say, it is about me. They were so busy trying to do the right things and perform in such a way that they forgot to be vulnerable and let people see the dirty parts in their lives. When you first look at a Pharisee, we think that the difference between them and everyone else is the fact that they're, they're, they're godlier, right? They're, they're the godlier people, but the fact that they're dirty on the inside was just one thing. There's one simple difference. The difference between the Pharisee and everybody else was that they did not admit that they needed help too. So what I want you to do is admit it, you're dirty. We're all dirty. We've all messed up. We've all made mistakes. We all have messes. We all have problems. We all have it. And that's it. Go ahead. You go home now. I'm going to pray. I'm just kidding. No. It's not where it ends. Thank goodness, right? <laughs> oh. I want to tell you another story. This story might gross you out a little bit, but this is a perfect depiction of God's love for us. I want to tell you about my cat. I'm gonna tell, I got a picture of her right here on the screen. There's her. She's watching me play video games. It was, it was super cute. Uh, here's another picture right here. 
I, I named her Delilah. If Caden was here, he'd be really mad at me because he claims I stole his cat. I got her from, from Blue Tassel Farm. In fact, a year ago, I had another cat. He was so cool. His name was Raj, and he passed away. And I needed a year because, oh, it, it obliterated me. But she came in, and I wanted someone to come up to me and say, okay, I have a cat. They're super awesome. They just need a home. And I'm like, please, I need her. And she has been such a blessing to my life. There are some annoying parts. She does meow at 3 a.m. And then I go to feed her and her bowl's full of food. And I'm like, what do you want? Um, but she's, <laughs> she's awesome. But the reason why they wanted to get rid of her was because she was a little too friendly uh, with, with the boy cats. And she had a couple litters of kittens. And they were like, we need to get rid of her so we don't have so many kittens on our property. And I was like, here we go. We're going to do it. So I had to get her spayed. And so if you don't know what getting spayed is, um, when you go home, go ask your mom and she will let you know uh, what it is. So <laughs> I, I, I take her to get spayed. She, she, we, we take her all the way to North Vernon and there's a shuttle that has to take her. And I, I didn't realize this when I started. I had to take her to the shuttle at, a, at about 7 in the morning. I got this cardboard crate, and I'm like, they said, oh, for sure, she's going to be fine. She'll, she'll be good all day. Not even 20 minutes pass, and she claws a hole through the side. Her head pops out, and she's sitting on the, on the chair, and she's like, meow, what is that? And I'm like, dude, you're not supposed to be out of the crate. You're so Okay. Um, so I had to get her a crate at like 7.30 in the morning at Walmart for $25. Gone. Um, I'm not mad. So I get her to the shuttle. I, I, we call it a day. I have to go pick her up at about 6.30 p.m. in the evening. And I didn't realize that if I dropped her off at 7 and had to pick her up at 6.30, she was sitting in that crate for almost 12 hours. So I go to pick her up. And when I go to pick her up, the person picks up the crate and says, oh, I'm sorry, she, uh, she messed in this, in this crate. So there's, there's, some, there's, there's a little gross in here, and I pick it up, and the stench was awful. I drive home, and I, I thought I was going to get food, but I just lost my appetite on the ride home because I had a, a smelly cat crate in the side console, and I finally get her home. It was a 30-minute drive. felt like two hours because the stench was awful. Rolled the windows down. Terrible. I get her up, take her into my bathtub. I've got latex gloves. I've got wipes. I'm filling the bathtub with water. I don't know how to clean her because she just had surgery. I didn't know what to do. I'm calling my brother, and I'm like, hey, how do I, what, how, what do I do? And she was a mess. She was gross. And I, I, I ended up just getting her a little bit in the bathtub. I'm chasing her around the entire apartment with, with wives trying to get her a little bit more clean. She's just wanting to get food because she hasn't eaten all day, but she's still like under sleep medication. So she's like falling over on herself. Just, she's a struggle. And the crate, I know you're wondering what happened to the crate. It was unsalvageable. There was nothing I could do for that crate. $25 is in a dump somewhere because I was not dealing with it. The towel, it's gone. But there was a moment when she was sitting there in my place and I was just so frustrated with the whole situation and, and she, she was just this, this little mess and, and she just, her fur was gross, she was smelly. I did not want to be around her and I'm sitting just trying to get my mind off of things, just watching Netflix, playing games and she rubs up on my leg and I had a choice. 
This cat has been through a day. She was sitting in a crate for an entire day. She, she didn't know what was going on. She's probably in pain. She's so confused. She's drugged up. She doesn't know what's happening. I could push her away or I could get a little gross and pet her and show her that I cared about her and that she was still my cat. And as I was praying the other day, I felt like God said this exact thing to me. I did that for you. There's moments when we feel like a mess, we feel dirty, we feel gross, we feel confused, we feel hurt, we don't know what's going on, we feel lost, we, we, we don't know what's happening with life. We're ashamed of what is going on because if someone saw this, they saw me like this, what would they say? And God said, I see you. I'm going to pick you up and love you and show you, you are mine. You see, I'm a mess. I'm dirty, and the more I know God, the more I draw close to him, the more he shows me different parts of my life that, oh, you've got this as well, you've got this as well, you've got this too, and you need to fix this, and I need to go to him. Say, God, I'm a mess. Show me what more I need to do. What do I need to clean in my life to go closer to you? Sometimes we go to church, and on the outside, it's looking good. We're wearing our best clothing. We're, we're, we're trying to look good, but on the insides of our cups, there's some cleaning that needs to be done. There's a little bit of a mess. But God takes us. Muck, dirty, grossness, shame, and all, and says, my grace is sufficient for you. He picks us up. He loves us. Not only does he do that, but he speaks hope and joy and freedom into our lives. If you could turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. It says this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. And I, I love this next, next line, this next verse. It says, for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water see our lives can be messy but God washes us clean in fact as soon as Jesus died on the cross he was the ultimate sacrifice for us so that as soon as we enter in the presence of God he doesn't see the dirtiness in us but he sees us as a new pure and perfect creation in his sight the difference between Pharisees and everybody else was they refused to show their dirt. But when I was a kid, I used to watch this show. And it's, it's a little bit obscure of an analogy, but it just so depicted perfectly the things that we do. It was, it was a show called Flapjack. And in the show... There was this proper lady, and, and, and in order to, to make sure that people saw that she was clean, she had powder, and she made sure she had powder on her. But she had a child who, who loved to play in the mud. 
And he would splash mud around and, and the mud would splash on her and she would tell her servant, powder, put powder on me. And the kid would play more in the mud and, and she'd get mud on her and be like, powder me, powder me. Eventually she ended up looking like just a powder mud glob of a person. But it so easily depicts what we do in our lives. We just, if we cover it up, if we, if we don't show people what we are, if we, if we don't show them the mess that we have, is it really there? And we're muddy, globby messes. Another analogy, um, as a youth pastor, what tends to happen is, is when we're on a retreat with students, I tell my middle school boys, hey, go shower. And they, what they do they say, no, I'm good. I've got Axe spray. And they spray it all over themselves. And they're like, I'm clean. And I'm like, no, you made a bad smell. Smell even worse with more smell. That's not, just, it's not okay. But in our lives, that's what we tend to do, right? We just, we just cover it up a little bit. If no one sees the mess that we have, is it really there? It's back in that closet. It's, it's not here in our lives. The Pharisees were not perfect because they are human. They got angry. They fell into temptation like everyone else. They just covered it up, and they are no better than the worst sinner. In our lives, we start to finally get some stuff together, and it is so easy to look at someone at a different point and wish they would finally get it together, right? I wish they would finally do the choices that, that is good for them. But just look at God, and he'll constantly show you the things in your life, in my life, that is not clean. The other day, I was making coffee for Pastor Rick. And sometimes when I make coffee, I make mistakes. I, for, I, for, I forgot to put the filter back in. And, and there, was, there was coffee uh, spewing out of the sides and, and, and going on to the counter. And I got napkins and I cleaned it all up. And I, I just wanted to make sure it was all clean. And Pastor Rick was sitting with his office door open. So I didn't want him to hear it and be like, come out and be like, what? what are you doing? <laughs> and so I finally got it all clean and, and it was unsalvageable. The coffee was bad. And I go to Pastor Rick finally and I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> I'm getting Starbucks. What do you want? And in our lives, it's so easy for us to just clean it all up. Before we go to God, we, we have to be a certain way. And in order to get my life right, in order to get into the presence of Jesus, my life has to be clean. But God is saying, no, 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 no. I see you and your mess, and I say, bring your whole mess to me. Worship team, if you guys could make your way up. The secret of the matter is, God already knows. He already knows hidden messes. He knows the dirt. He knows the mess in our lives. He knows the shame. He knows the guilt. He knows the hardship. He knows. And what is so easy for us to do is I can, we could say, I can hold this all. I can hold it all. I can, I can maintain it. As men, what we want to do is say, I need to have the strength to carry all of this. I need to have the strength to deal with all of this myself. And God is saying, bring it all to me. I'll tell you honestly, as I was talking to my good friend James Toole, the moments that my life was the messiest, God brought people into my path to help carry that weight with me and point me to Jesus. All you have to do is admit the craziness, admit the dirtiness. When we think about Christmas, 
the people who saw baby Jesus first who weren't related to him, weren't Mary and Joseph, God picked a weird group. He picked a group of shepherds. He said, I want you guys to see the new savior who is coming to the world, the shepherds, the guys who tended sheep, the guys who were known to have a dirty job, the guys who were known to be a mess. Not Their lives weren't spectacular. They needed to witness the birth of Jesus. And they did. And, and it's such a cool thing because not only is Jesus the true shepherd, the, the one who is going to shepherd us all, but he took these men who, who were in a, a, such a normal, unglamorous part of, of society, and he said, I want you to see the Savior. Some of us think that we need to be a certain way. We need to carry a certain thing. We need to be strong enough. But God is saying, no, 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 no. You don't need to be strong enough because I am strong enough. All we have to do is say, Jesus, I give it to you. God, I'm a mess. I feel guilty. I feel ashamed. I feel not okay. And Jesus says, give it to me. Matthew chapter 11, 28, I'm going to leave you with this, says this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. We're gonna go into a song here that just perfectly depicts what it is. I, I love the line where it says, it's nothing I haven't seen before. <laughs> it's nothing new to me. I, I know that your life may seem crazy or there, there's, there's certain things that, that is going on, but it's not a surprise. You shouldn't be ashamed. There's people who have been there before. In fact, I wanna bring people into your path who can help you grow closer to me in this season. All you have to do is bring it to the table. Bring it to me. And so if everybody could rise to their feet. Right now, as, as we go into worship, I want you to think. Think about the mess. Think about that hidden thing that's, that's, that's in, the, in the back room, in the back closet that you've hidden because you don't want anybody to see the mess in our lives I want you to say, God, I know you already know, but I lay it at your feet. So pray with me. Jesus, there's some people in this room who the inside of their cup, they, they, they don't say that it's dirty, but there's some, some hidden depression, hidden anxiety, hidden fears, hidden stones, God, that they need to give to you. Jesus, you have hope to speak into lives right now, God. You have peace to speak into anxieties right now, God. People are going to other things, things to bring them happiness and joy, but God, you say, give it to me. 
because the more that we, we get influenced by the world and the messiness of it, it never seems to fill. But Jesus, we're sitting here dirty and ashamed and confused. We say, Jesus, you have my life. God, we leave it all at the table at this moment. God, use us, give us hope, give us joy, give us freedom, give us purpose, God, because there's so much you have called us to do. God, use us. Hear the voice of love that's calling. There's a chair that waits for you And a friend who understands Everything you're going through But you keep standing at a distance In the shadow of your shame But there's a light of hope that's shining Won't you come and take your place And bring it all to the table It's nothing here I've seen before All your sin, all your sorrow and your sadness There's a Savior and He calls Bring it all to the table He can see the weight you carry In the fears that hold your heart But through the cross you've been forgiven You're accepted as you are So bring it all to the table It's nothing he ain't seen before all your trials, all your worries and your burdens There's a Savior and He calls Bring it all to the table Bring it all You can bring it all Come and
you're going to have to do something uncomfortable now. Uh, prayer team, if you guys could come on up. It's not easy enough just to say, okay, my mess is, is here. I, I'm dirty. I'm admitting it to God. But some of you need to actually take the action and say, God, I need to lay this at your feet. God, I need someone to actually show me I'm actually cared for at this moment, God. God, I need to step out. God, I actually need to bring it to you. And if that's, not, if that's you in this room, as, as soon as the music starts again, we're gonna go into bring it all to the table, the chorus again. If that's you and you say, I need, before I leave this room, I need to know that there's a God who values me. Bring it to the table. If you need someone to talk to, you need to just admit it to somebody. Admit the hidden things. Admit the mess. There's someone here that is willing to pray for you. I can pray for you. But you say, I need to just show God. I need him to show me that he loves me no matter what. If that's in your, you in this room, I just pray that you come up here and finally submit it to him. Go ahead. So bring it all to the table. It's nothing here I seen before. All your trials, all your worries and your burdens. There's a savior and he calls. Bring it all to the table. So bring it all to the table. It's nothing here I've seen before. All your trials, all your worries, and your burdens. There's a Savior and He calls. Bring it all to the table. You can bring it all. Come on in. 
So now, as we go on in our lives, I think it's okay to show people that we're not perfect all the time. Even me, <laughs> as a youth and associate pastor, I'm still going to make mistakes and I'm still going to get things wrong, I promise. But hopefully I can become more and more like Jesus so I can help people see who he is. Because I want people to see that there is someone who they can go to, who can give hope to their lives. Because right now, I don't know if you see, but more than ever, this world needs some hope. So hopefully we can bring that to them. Let's not be Pharisees. Let's be people who show people God's love. Pray with me. God, thank you so much for today's service. God, I pray that as messes approach us in our lives. We're not alone. God, you are here with us. You have brought people into our lives to guide us through those situations. I pray that we bring it to you. God, continue to bring hope and purpose into our lives as we follow your will. Jesus, give us opportunity after opportunity to share your love with every single person we meet because we want them to hear about you. God, thank you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this message from Columbus First Assembly. If this message has blessed you in any way, would you share it on your social media feeds so that others can be blessed also? If you would like to join us for an in-person service and you're close to us, we are in Columbus, Indiana, then uh, our services start at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings and our church is located on the corner of 10th and Iowa. Once again, thanks for joining us. Look forward to having you join us again soon.